Welcome to the Rethink Productivity podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Greg Gormley, who is the CEO at Scoot. Hi, Greg. Hi, how are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Thanks for joining us. Now, we'll find out about Scoot, how it's kind of turbocharging the environmental challenge, helping um, hospitality companies as well in a second. But we've known each other for a while and you've been in various different guises. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself, your career biog, some of the organisations you've worked with, set up, founded, moved on from? Sure, absolutely. Um, So bizarrely, I'm actually an accountant by training. So I qualified many, many, many years ago, probably too far to mention now. Mm -hmm. And then once I was qualified, I joined News Corporation. So I worked um, for Rupert Murdoch and uh, the technology division, which was a really interesting time because this was back in the uh, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, And spent a number of years there. We ended up floating the technology division onto NASDAQ. And then effectively, uh, in 2001, I joined another company, um, which uh, was called Central European Media Enterprises, which was, again, a TV company stationed across uh, the whole of Eastern Europe. So I used to travel to uh, lots of different countries on a, on a weekly basis, just visiting their head of uh, operations, talking to them about long-term contracts with people like Disney, etc., which was a really, again, exciting time, but gave me a massive insight into technology and operations. And then from there, I decided to leave the corporate world back in about 2004, 2005. I had two children and weren't seeing them very much. So I decided to set my own businesses up and worked in various businesses, helping small, medium enterprises really take that big operational feel and robustness into smaller organizations, helping them raise money and helping them really promote their business and how they could look to eventually exit. So we had some successes there, which was great. And then eventually I ended up setting my own business up called Bink back in 2014, which was uh, basically linking payment and loyalty together. So we did big agreements with Visa, MasterCard, American Express. And that was a very successful uh, startup, which was an exciting time from 2014. I actually left on a specific date on the 22nd of June 2018, bizarrely through a motorbike accident. Unfortunately, I hit a car head-on and was airlifted to St. George's Hospital. I had to undergo uh, a few, well, a number of operations covering three days and then spent some time rehabilitating, which probably took me, if I'm honest, looking back now, about six months. And that was really one of those times where I sat back and reflected. I was lying in my hospital bed thinking, wow, um, I should be dead, but I'm not. And really, it was a case of looking at your obituary in your head, thinking, what what would they write? And I think I could only come up with that Greg works really hard and puts a lot of effort in. And I didn't really feel there's any give back. So I thought, whatever I do next, I want to have more purpose, more mission, and look at how we could actually perhaps help one another and help the world. And that was really the, the sort of seed of Scoot being born. Wow, so lots to cover there. So I'm sure you've got some amazing stories of working with Rupert Murdoch and, you know, if he is like the the guys that portray him or allegedly portray him in succession or not. And then, you know, that near fatal accident, which has given you some perspective and I suppose brings yeah. us nightly onto, onto Scoot. So uh, an, an amazing journey from uh, 
an accountancy background. There's lots of people. <laughs> there's lots of people we speak to on this podcast actually that are accountancy background. I suppose that, you know it, it's a good foundation for running a business, but spears people on into the wide and weird and wonderful world of uh, of business. Yes, very much so, uh, and I think it does give a great, great grounding. Um, and that combined with sort of working at News Corporation, where I was really focused on operations and finance, um, just sort of gave me a great grounding, which, you know, I, I can ever be thankful for. Excellent. So it brings us to kind of current day scoop. So, you know, lying there thinking about what they'd write about you, if you wanted to do something with more purpose and, and meaning. So tell us about scoop, what it does, how it helps, who it helps, and then we'll dive into the detail. Sure, absolutely. So we, we all know that climate change is something that's been coming for a number of years. We've been talking about it for a long, long time. Originally, it's called global warming, which I think gave it a wrong meaning uh, because people were saying, oh, well, you know, us in the UK, we like actually warmer weather in summers. But climate change doesn't mean any of that at all. Um, we only need to look at the recent floods in Italy with the Grand Prix being cancelled, which has never happened before in that region. And actually, it's a total area of displacement. So climate change to me is not only warmer uh, areas in the world. It's also displacement of floods, fires and earthquakes. And there's a real sort of shift that's happening. And you can see it throughout the world. And I think, you know, the naysayers of climate change are even now sort of being a bit quieter because you can't really deny the statistics that are really clear in what's being said. And the IPCC, which is the Intergovernmental Panel of Climate Change, has said we have this closing wind of opportunity. And that was the thing that really spurred me on to do something. So Scoot is very much about creating, in the moment, affordable solutions for consumers, fans, guests, all of these people who ultimately undertake activities that create a carbon footprint. Now, we all know that flying creates carbon and it's not a good thing because it's very carbon intensive and private jets is even worse. Um, but the ultimate thing is that not all of us fly, but all of us do go out to dinner, for example, which incurs an additional carbon footprint. Quite often we'll stay in a hotel that creates an additional carbon footprint. In fact, every activity you do actually creates carbon. Even sending an email creates eight grams of carbon. So, you know, there's all these different things that we don't actually realize on a day-to-day -day basis that we're actually adding to the carbon footprint and we need to start trying to reduce it and offset it. And really that's why Scoop is formed. Excellent. So education. So there's, there's a point in there about educating people around the climate change and their carbon footprint. I didn't know that stat about sending an email and I'm a, I'm a bugger for sending online responses and playing email tennis. So that's, that's lodged in my mind now. So there, there's clearly an education piece. And yeah. as you talked about that journey from kind of global warming through to climate change, we're, I suppose, being educated by the world leaders around it as well and it's forefront in terms of the news and the agenda and um yeah the grand prix was i suppose a wake-up call for some people as well in terms of big events being postponed cancelled and the devastation that that's clearly caused in in that area so i'm assuming it's something we can all do something about we've been tasked with it on ongoing for the last you know however many years but this is around those kind of i suppose small micro changes that add up to a big overall impact yes very much so i mean when you eat out to dinner 
is roughly, depending upon obviously what you order, uh, about eight kilograms of additional carbon. Now, the average Brit eats out one and a half times a week. So actually that equates to almost um, two thirds of a tonne of carbon just from eating out. So it's simple things like that. You suddenly start to think, wow, um, you know, my carbon footprint is being increased. And it's like sending the email piece, sending the email combined with hosting and keeping it on your laptop. I remember talking to someone who said, very proudly, they had solar panels on the roof. They recycled their water. Um, they didn't really go on holiday overseas, and their carbon footprint was very small. And they didn't really go out for dinner. Um, they weren't that an exciting person. But <laughs> irrespective of that, um, I turned around and said, "Look, how many emails do you have in your inbox?" He says, "Oh, I'm a bit bad. I don't really sort them. I've got about ten thousand emails." And I said, "Well, that actually has a footprint in itself." So, you know, it's simple things that are there that you, you may not be aware of, and it's just. The education piece for me is really important. It's about helping people understand that carbon footprint is there, what it's doing. You know, carbon is the main GHG, the main greenhouse gas that is causing global, um, climate change. It represents 70%, 6% the gas. And effectively, we just need to be educated a bit more about it, about how is it incurred? How can we reduce our footprint? And then ultimately, you know, a lot of people are talking about, oh, yes, we need to reduce down and we need to uh, get to zero. We, you cannot get to zero without offset. And, and an offset, some people view as a bad word, but it isn't. It is not a bad word. It's fundamental for us to do. We have to offset, but we have to be responsible in those offsets. We have to check that they are doing exactly what they say they're doing. So it's that whole education piece, which is very broad. And from a, a, a sort of layperson's perspective, they just want to know some of the basics. Yeah, okay. So let's follow that thread of eating out. So one of your kind of strap lines is carbon-free dining. So if I'm creating this additional eight kilograms of CO2, if I eat out once a week, how at Scoot are you helping offset that? Sure. So we have um, a, a, sl a slogan that says, uh, you eat, we plant. And effectively, what we're doing is working with uh, restaurants and we're growing quite fast. How we onboard a restaurant, we sit on their pods uh, and effectively they can have it set up. So a tree is planted per cover or there could be two trees planted per transaction. Now, the guest will only pay 50 pence for that tree. Now, that tree could be matched by the venue. So in other words, they just pay 25 pence and the venue pays 25 pence. Um, but effectively, the important thing is a tree is planted. And what we do is to give instant impact, we buddy each tree with a carbon credit. Now, a carbon credit will focus on renewable power. So that's solar, wind and hydro. And we buddy that tree with six kilograms of carbon credit because in its first year of life, that tree will remove an additional six kilograms. So that'd be 12 kilograms in total by the end of year one. Now, that tree will also go on for its remainder of the life, which was roughly 50 years, will remove anything up to one ton of carbon. So in other words, with a meal being eight kilograms, you've offset that within sort of three months or so. And actually that tree can go on to remove a whole ton in its lifetime. So there's a huge benefit to the planet of doing this. You know, not only do you remove your carbon footprint from your dining in a short space of time, but actually there's a legacy piece about how your forest that you started to plant grows and continues to grow and continues to remove and sequester CO2 out of the atmosphere. So easy to set up. I mean, there's loads of integrations with um, point-of-sale systems these days, isn't there, in terms of that works, empowers yeah. 
the guests, empowers the company because, you know, all organisations, certainly the big ones, have stated their um, challenges or how they're going to deal with their challenges a lot by 2030. And, you know, COVID got in the way slightly, didn't it? And yeah. I'm sure uh, the current financial climate is going to be another thing that gets in the way. There's always going to be something which impacts these journeys, but we need to crack on. And as ever that window gets nearer, it becomes much more difficult in that shorter space of time to get there, doesn't it? Or requires more cost or different thinking or more effort from from teams. So simple to implement, simple to sign up with, but really powerful. So the skeptic in me will say, yeah, okay, so you're going to plant a tree. Where's the tree? Yeah, sure. So we work with um, some of the largest charities in the world. And I'm, I'm not a, a massive fan of charity for charity's sake because it can be inefficient and effective and it doesn't deliver customer engagement. And that's where really I see how Scoop fits in. So we take the best charities in the world and then we um, create great customer engagement, great tech that makes it simple and then deliver something to the customer and to the venue. And we plant, for example, with Eden Reforestation. They're an amazing uh, NGO. They're registered in the States, so they're a 501c charity registered in the States. They've been going since 2004. And what they do is they find the poorest communities in the world in Haiti, Madagascar, Kenya, Brazil, throughout the globe. And they find these communities that are extremely poor, probably over-farmed and overfished the land, and they give them infrastructure. They give them the infrastructure to replant, and they're all paid money to actually do this. So we have these wonderful stories from these individuals who not only plant the trees for us, but actually we change their lives. So there's one woman in particular that's a beautiful video. She's got six children. Unfortunately, her husband's died and she cannot feed them, which must be just an absolute nightmare for any person. And she becomes a tree planter with Eden. And this video shows that not only is she now feeding her children, but actually every single one of her children go to school, which is an amazing thing because we know the best way to break poverty is through education. And it's stories like this that I've got countless stories from Eden um, that we actually can really feed back to individuals and show them what difference they're making. So not only are they reaching their carbon net zero goals, but actually they're help, helping their fellow humankind who truly have nothing. And this is why I'm a huge advocate of planting trees in areas that are beneficial to the world because the carbon that they sequester is, is known as blue carbon. We focus on mango trees, so they're much more have much more ability to remove carbon than, say, planting in the UK. And then we're helping people as well. So if I was just planting in the UK, it would A, be more costly. B, we're already removing too much uh, farmland to plant trees within the UK because we're now shipping in more food product than ever. So that's why I'm a huge fan of, of utilising these entities that really can offer the world a huge uh, positive gain. Yeah, amazing. Amazing. And that that's the skeptic in me and i'm sure people listening would have had that question in their mind as well so good to get it on the table and yeah great to find out um how it's helping wider than just just planting a tree i say is making it sound um trivial but it's helping wider in terms of that education piece changing people's lives so yeah great to hear and uh, for organizations that kind of sign up and buy in they can track the number of trees that have been planted can't they and kind of um, yes other metrics around that very much so. Uh, I think what we do really, really well is create that customer engagement. So every venue has its own profile 
and we can do tiering. So if it's a large brand that's global with different brands in different countries, we can actually have a digital impact profile which shows the total trees planted per venue. Uh, we can then do per country and then we can do per brand. And then effectively from a group perspective, we can actually show the total impact. And that for me is really important because all of these businesses, they want to showcase exactly what they're doing, how they do it. And it's one of those things that people up to now haven't really wanted to put their head above the parapet. It's better to do nothing. It's easier to do nothing. But the reality is we're at the stage now where there is no excuse. Scoot as a business is basically asking the hospitality venues to give their consumers a choice. It's an optional eco contribution. So it if they really don't want to pay it, it can be removed. But I think it's actually the business's responsibility to offer this choice to their consumers. And it's so important that actually, from a consumer perspective, we're seeing huge take up. And actually, it's not like just a donation to um, Ukraine, which is really sad and a horrible ongoing situation. It's actually something that's probably a bit more relevant to them personally, because it's actually their footprint. And that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to empower people to understand what their footprint is, and then to do something about it. And that for me is the really important thing being doing something about it. Absolutely. And I suppose future vision, because I'm sure your mind's full of new ideas and how you drive this forward. And whatever. Is it is it always going to be just about planting trees and reducing the CO2 that way or have you got other ideas that you're working on? No, def definitely other ideas. Um, we, we don't want to be known just as a tree planting product. Tree planting to me is, is huge because we lose 10 billion trees every year. That's our net loss. We plant about 4 billion but cut down 14, wow. uh, which just to put into context, that's losing a football pitch covered in trees every single second of every single day, which is quite devastating when you think after the end of this podcast how many football pitches would have been lost yep. um so for me it's about how we can actually add value across the world so we're actually looking at working with plastic bank which is a large again charity that's looking at removing plastics from the oceans which is a hugely worthwhile cause we've seen all the videos with people like david attenborough where the impact on sea life is huge. So that's something that we're really passionate about as well. And then, of course, not only tree planting, but preventing the cutting down of forests is fundamentally important. So we're talking to the Rio de Janeiro University out there, where we're looking at how we can be part of projects to stop deforestation, because that is as important, if not more important, than the tree planting themselves. So we suddenly become this whole blend across the board. And then there's some um, others on the horizon with things like planting coral, planting sea kelp, peat bogs, uh, which are hugely carbon. Uh, they absorb huge amounts of carbon. So it's all of these products that we want to start being able to offer. And certainly things like plastics and trees really tick the boxes of consumers. We ran a survey of 2,000 people and 75% really wanted to see plastic being the number one and then something like 65% needed trees number two. So we're really hitting those sweet spots. So Because I understand, you know, we've got the cost of living crisis. So I get a lot of restaurants turning around saying, oh, do I really want to add something to the bill? You know, there's the service charge that we've had to put up because keep staff happy. The cost of the products have increased. So we've increased our menu prices. And I say, I understand that. I fully understand that. However, 
when your guest is sat there, they're eating that meal, they have incurred that carbon footprint alongside you. They have to take responsibility for that. And to pay 50 pence to actually remove it where they don't have to do any other action, they just pay it on the bill. I think that's really good value for money. Yeah, and the, the irony is, as we're recording this, I'm sat looking out my window at all the beautiful trees surrounding me thinking, we do some great things as a human race, but actually we, we're we very short-term, aren't we, in terms of some yeah. of the things that we also do. And, and you know, clearly our, our generation has seen some of the impact of that and the future generations will probably see even more impact of that at, at a very severe level if we don't start to do these simple things. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think for me, it is when you start thinking about your children and then they're going to have their children and their children. It's all very well if you're later on in life, say, oh, well, it's not really going to impact me. No, it won't. But that isn't what your legacy you want to leave, that you've ruined the world for the others. And we do need to take responsibility and we do need to understand and we should take the time to educate ourselves a little bit better just to realise that you know we can do something. And that's why I think I'm so passionate about creating these in-the-moment affordable solutions. So when you're checking out your hotel, yes, I do want to add two pounds to your hotel bill. And is that value for money? Yes, I truly think it is. Um, it's simple things like that that we need to do, and we need to have buy-in from everyone. And it starts initially with the businesses who um, need to believe in it and need to push it and need to highlight it. So you know we put a QR code on the bill, or have a business card with a QR code on saying, thank you for being a climate conscious guest. And the guests can actually scan that at the table. So they can actually visit the, the tree being planted uh, from their mobile phone. And we're adding a new feature to watch your tree grow. So you can actually add your email address and then you can actually monitor and see what happens with that tree in the future. Uh, to the point where I want you to start dining in different restaurants and expecting to plant a tree. So you can add your email address each time and actually build your own forest, which would be great because I believe that we could even create a value for your forest that's uh, being collected. And in time, you could go and get a free glass of champagne or a free dessert because you've collected, you know, 500 trees or something like that. And and I think it's just about we're all in this together and it's finding a solution that works for everyone, that gives value to the guest, gives value to the venue. And for me, it has to be simple and no thought behind it. Yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. And if... People are listening, Greg, and they want to find out for their organization how they could get involved, sign up, um, give you some ideas, whatever it is. Where's the best place for them to find you? Uh, so LinkedIn or email me directly. It's greg at scoot.eco. Really simple. Uh, we also have emails for our partners, so partners at scoot.eco. And, yeah, we'd love to hear feedback. We'd love to hear Criticism, because, you know, we can only get better when we understand people's thought process. And for me, it's about taking all of it on board and pushing it as far as wide as we can go. And we really want to take this global as quickly as possible. Um, And from a venue's perspective, it does not cost you anything. It costs you nothing. In fact, there's a margin made on it. So 20% of the donations is kept by yourselves to enable you to undertake brand new ESG projects, which aren't on your roadmap but gives you the facility to actually undertake them because you've had now a new budget stream created. So something as simple as like putting an electric car charger in your car park, you know, you could actually get that paid for by these donations. Amazing. 
Amazing. I really enjoyed this one, Greg. Um, Open my eyes. I remember the football field piece and the, the carbon footprint from my emails. Maybe I'll, I'll do less of them. Um, and we will put your LinkedIn profile in the show notes so people can just click through and find you. And yeah, stay in touch. We'll maybe get you back on in a year, year or so and you can tell us where you've got to, what the next iteration of things are and, and how you're helping. Yeah, I'd love to. So just to benchmark, we've planted about 720,000 trees to date. So I'd love to come back in a year and tell you that's now at 10 million. Brilliant. We'll hold you to that. (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks, Simon. Many thanks for hosting me.